As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 419 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week, it's the return of Andrew Burkett, and he's got a brand new comic coming out called Sam's Scams. I always say that humor is some of the most difficult writing to do, and Andrew does a wonderful job on this book, made me laugh out loud a lot of the times, and he's fun to talk with, too. So we have a great conversation about the book as well as the other things that he's up to. We talk about who Sam is, about where Sam comes from, and what kind of things he's up to here on the planet Earth. Andrew takes us places that at least I've never been before, and does it superbly. He talks about when the book will be available and how you can access it. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. I'm happy to welcome back to the podcast, Andrew Burkett, the creator of a great book that just entertained me like crazy called Sam Scams. I see you described as chief storyteller of Atheris Entertainment, writer and board game designer. Is that accurate? Yep, that is accurate. Okay, very good. So I saw you up at Daytona Beach Comic Con a couple months back. And stuff. I think the first time I saw you, you were up in like Georgia or something, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I, um, I had worked on. So how we talked the last time for Tokyo Rose Zero Hour with my friend Andre Fortino, mm-hmm. and Andre uh, lives in Savannah. So I went and promoted that, and I saw you in Savannah. Yeah. Now the funny thing is, is you're actually not far from where I live in Central Florida. That's the yeah. I, yeah, I live right by UCF. Yeah, I, I live out in uh, one of the suburbs, so it's always kind of entertaining to me. I, I, Central Florida, there's something about Florida, the state, that just is a, a big comics haven. 
there are so many creators and people who are interested in comics. I, when I came here, I really thought, oh man, there's going to be nobody interested in comics. But instead, there's this huge, flourishing community that goes on, and it's great fun. Yeah, it's been awesome. I uh, I have always kind of been into comics, but um, I didn't really get too too heavily into it. And I started reading a lot more indie stuff, and I've been buying way too many comics. My wife's probably not too happy about how many I've been buying recently. <laughs> Um, I always I was tell people when I go to cons, it used to be I'd buy action figures because that's the only place I could really find them. But now I go to cons and I buy indie books just like you're talking about. I go there to find stuff I can't find anywhere else. And like I said, Daytona, I bought a couple of your books up there when I saw you. So that was cool stuff. So uh, your writing is always interesting to me because this is your first comic, though, is my understanding, right? Yeah, so I, I've written... Uh, I for magazines and uh, I write novels um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I started at my kind of uh, professional career with board games while in college. I created uh, Athos Entertainment, which started as a board game company, and then I worked with Andre on Tokyo Rose and realized like I really love comic books and should probably start writing them. Um, I had just never done it because I. I'm not an artist and so with novels it was like obvious i'm i'm a writer i just write this and i get one cover illustration that's easy um but with a comic there's there's so much more involved and so i was like i don't know that i have the skill set to do that and then once i worked on the kickstarter end of a project i realized all right well if other people are doing this maybe i just need to get more immersed into this community and then i can meet the people and figure out how to do it so that's what i did well, cons are very good places to meet people within the industry because, you know, you get tables and you might be positioned next to somebody who is an artist, you know, and you might start talking and you might develop some kind of friendship and down the road, you never know, that works into a, a comic book. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, I've found that there's so many great avenues to meet people now and like with the internet, like so many of the artists I meet, I just find in these online communities and they just share it burning passion to do whatever you know that also interests me so with, with board games and comic books and any kind of creative realm i found these artists that really had the same desires and motivations as i do and i i think that's kind of incredible and i've worked with some local people as well but it's crazy like the amount of people you can reach that you know previously you, you wouldn't have been able to just be like oh i'll talk to this guy in the philippines and he'll do all the artwork for me yeah oh, well, the book that I, I help with is Stabity Bunny, and the the writer lives in Central Florida. The artist lives on the top of a mountain in North Carolina, and the colorist lives in the Philippines. Yeah. They've never been in the same room. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy to me because, like, the, for my board game company, the main graphic designer I work with has worked on every single one of my projects with me, and. He lives in Argentina, so I've never met him, and I like it's always been a thing. I've always been like, once I have enough money, I'm gonna go meet you. I'm gonna fly to Argentina to meet you. <laughs> so that's the, the good thing about it is, and they, they're talking these these guys in the book that I, I help with. I'm the editor there, and they're talking about getting together sometime. And I think that would be a good thing because they've been doing comics now for four or five years. That's awesome. That's great stuff. So, okay, Sam Scams, your first comic that you've written. Uh, is somebody doing the art for you? Yep. So uh, Travis Martinez um, has been doing the artwork for me. Um, 
he is based out of the Philippines. Uh, I, I found him on one of the Facebook communities, um, and I decided to work with him on a few pages, and I really enjoyed the work he did. He has a colorist that he works with that has did the, the coloring for it. So Now, before we dive into the book itself, are you going to Kickstarter this? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so last time we had kind of talked about this a little bit, but I, I've um, done just about $100,000 on Kickstarter at this point. Um, I've done raised more since the last time we talked. Um, I did another successful board game project that raised about 20000 So I, I'm definitely very proficient. I feel like I Kickstarter, and I'm definitely learning more and more every time I've launched projects. I've done six now, and so... I will probably keep using Kickstarter until I don't have to anymore. I'm definitely still at the small stages where it takes too much investment. I, I just graduated college a few years ago, and my wife's pregnant. Um, and so I, I don't have the financial resources to go about it. And so Kickstarter is obviously an excellent platform for allowing creators like me to still be able to do what we want and make several projects at the same time without having to worry about oh no the cash flow with this project i'm not going to be able to work on the next thing and for another year or two until that one's done kind of thing so i'm able to do a few board games and comics kind of all at the same time very good very good because i I, i'm a big fan of kickstarter there's so many wonderful things that i find out there that just amaze me (laughs) and they're just great things so do you know when your kickstarter project's going to start I was planning on doing it um, at the end of February, early March. Um, It will kind of depend. I'm having a few editors look at the book. I just want to make sure that everything's perfect before going to Kickstarter. I'm a I'm a perfectionist, and I definitely like to have like with my board games. I kind of learned a few times the hard way that. When I didn't have artwork and everything developed prior to the Kickstarter campaign, it requires a lot of work on the, you know, post campaign and it made the time for delivery longer and all that kind of stuff. And so I like to go to Kickstarter with a 100% completed product. So I want Sam Scams to be 100%. And, what, you know, when you back the Kickstarter, the second it funds, I'm going to be printing the comic basically mm, great well, that'd be good that'll be great because the uh, uh the important thing is to you know be ahead of the game because every time you're not ahead of the game that's when things go wrong yeah so because uh, there's so many times i've seen people say well i thought i had it all together and then all of a sudden this thing blew up in my face and then i had to try to do it there are some people i've kickstarter supported that i have never gotten stuff from so. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It doesn't happen a ton, but it definitely does happen, and it makes me and other Kickstarter creators sad because it it definitely hurts the reputation of the platform, and it it's done such excellent things for a lot of creators who, you know, have the right interest in mind and are able to make products, but. Sometimes it's not even disingenuous. Sometimes creators just kind of bite off more than they can chew and take on ambitious projects and then kind of realize later they messed up. And unfortunately, I see that a lot with like shipping errors where people will not realize that shipping is super, super expensive and they lose a crazy amount of money on their Kickstarter, um, not able to deliver it. Not good, not good. So... uh... So well, okay. So the date's not completely final yet. If people want to know, you know, catch up on that and find out when that becomes firm, what's the best way for them to to find these things out and like to follow you on like social media? 
Yeah, so um, atherisentertainment.com, we have a newsletter that um, they can sign up for our email list. I'm definitely going to be posting it on there. Uh, On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we also have Atheris Publishing uh, and Atheris Entertainment. So the publishing division does the comic book stuff and entertainment's kind of a catch-all that includes our board game and all of the other various projects we're working on. and then Sam Scam has a Facebook page. I don't make individual pages for the comics for um, other social media, but it kind of just the, even the Facebook page kind of just routes to the other social media, so I don't have to upkeep as many. Well, that's good. That's a smart way to do it. I always see little apps and stuff that say they're going to take care of that, but then when I try to do it, I can never get it to work right. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do it all myself. I. I since and then when a podcast comes out, I, I send to like eight different platforms trying to get the word out on those kinds of things. So someday I'll find something that'll do it all for me, and I won't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. And good luck with that. So uh, talk with Sam Scams. I have to tell you, is unlike anything I've ever read before, and I've been reading comics for a long time. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate that. I uh, I definitely feel like I think differently than a lot of people and uh i it was a weird comic for me to write um because i was talking with one of my friends who um works with source point press Mm -hmm. um and i was telling him about uh wanting to get into comic books because he owns a board game company called deep water games and so i was talking to nolan and was like hey i would love to hear what kind of stuff you're interested in because i would like for you to eventually publish my stuff um, through SourcePoint. And so I was talking to him a little bit about it, and I told him, like, what I normally write in novels is, like, serial killer and mystery kind of novels. And he was like, yeah, we would totally be interested in that. <laughs> and so, like, that's my my cup of tea. That's, like, bread and butter. That's what I like writing. And then for some reason, I just decided that I had this weird story in my head that couldn't get out of my head. And I was like, I'm going to write that first before I write anything for anyone else. And I just started writing it. And uh, Sam scams what came out of that weird story in my head. Well, I have to tell you, you, you flipped the script on a lot of things. I mean, there are, you know, whenever there are aliens involved, aliens are usually saintly, um, what's a good word to say it, advanced uh, you know, uh, wish we could be like them kind of beings. You know, unless you're a bad alien and then you're a, a, a ruthless, cruel syndicate. This one, what you've done is you've taken... He's not. Well, there is some ruthlessness to this character, but there is, there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> I have never seen an alien do before. <laughs> he smokes marijuana, for one thing, which was the first thing that made me smile. I thought... <laughs> That is so unusual. I don't. I have never seen an alien smoke marijuana before, <laughs> in anything I've ever read. <laughs> That's just that. That was the first thing that really stood out to me. And then, the place he comes from is like our world in reverse. You know, we don't want. You know, there's pollution and stuff. We're striving to get rid of it. You know, we're worried that people are making too much pollution. His home world is just the opposite. And you get a very clue, a very important clue, right at the beginning of the book when he says, "Oh, I am stuck on this godforsaken planet, and it's just a, you know, and it looks like beautiful place. I mean, we'd all like to kind of live there." And then he said, "This is my home world. I'd rather be there." And it's like a garbage <laughs> dump, you know. And I was like, 
Okay, this is not going to go the way I, I'm used to. This is going to be something very different. And I love that stuff about him. I, the way he's designed, too, makes me laugh. His nostrils look like they're on the top of his head. <laughs> and he's got like a, an arrow pointing down like the last airbender did. So I, I, all that stuff kind of made me... He's thin and he's orange, kind of. Which was another thing that, that was something that I haven't seen before. So and he he's he's here trying to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Travis did uh, very well with that. I I kind of told them my idea for the alien, and I I like to give artists a lot of creative freedom. So I wasn't very particular about it, but was like, I need him to look way different from what you would expect an alien to look like because I I want this to be clear how different it is. Um, I needed it to be like a. I wanted him to be a shape where it kind of showed that he could morph himself a little bit because he wears these human suits to kind of fit in and not show himself as an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted it to, you know, him to be kind of this eccentric character and was kind of going for like the trans metropolitan kind of, you know, crazy character. Um, so. Uh- I like the name of the, the people are called the low guards. Right away we have the word low, the syllable. First thing is low. <laughs> yeah. Low guards. And then there's a sentence. There's one place where we see their world, and there's a sentence that stood out to me. It says, our planet's very core is built upon dirty diapers and soiled ruins. I've never seen anything like that in all the stuff I've ever read. <laughs> I just had to sit there and smile. I'm going like, good grief. <laughs> See, like I said, you flip the script on a lot of this stuff because I'm not used to In fact, there's a, I think there's an alien in that same page, and it looks like he's got a dirty diaper on his head. <laughs> Is that what he's wearing? Yeah, so a, a, a lot of the idea of the story was that you have Sam, and he's this crazy alien who's set out on a mission to scam the world's most valuable people, which in his mind is the elderly, because on his planet, that's who are you know the respected elders. And then he comes to Earth and quickly realizes that the elders don't really matter too much here. <laughs> so he's, he's just scamming elderly people in the villages to make money. But it, kind of along the way, you learn about some of his his crazy schemes and uh what he's kind of trying to do and that his his planet has been built upon the earth's trash for centuries and they're not uh wanting to to ever get past that they they want to live with with their trash and they're happy with how their civilization works um and uh the idea is to kind of over subsequent issues kind of explain that he he might not know really who he's working for and what their ultimate goal is, and it might not really go with his culture and some of the things he wants. It's just amazing because you know, <laughs> every time I've ever read a sci-fi book, they this is the place they won't go. <laughs> they won't go there because you know this is not what aliens do. Aliens, like I said, are just perfect people, and you know. This doesn't happen, and so the interesting thing is that I'm like one thing I did wanted to ask about. This is set in the future. Yeah, it's it's set in the future um, slightly, mm-hmm. and uh, the future and you know the storyline progresses over several years, so uh, it kind of flips back and forth a little bit um, and shows his uh, 
training on his home planet of how he trained to scam these elderly people and he starts with scamming people in casinos and so it goes over kind of his training there and all that kind of stuff um and then kind of goes back to the present which is you know future from us here well i like the fact that the the guy that made this casino is is another logard and he's very successful at it <laughs> which i wouldn't Amer, you know american business is not something aliens are usually very good at <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, every time, and then it's, he's had another place where he's talking, he's got this guy he wants to be a partner with, but in, in the sense he wants to be like a business partner. And he goes up to try to find out about this guy to talk to the, the three women that he was talking to. And they, they're very put off because he's not quite interested in the things that they seem to want to be interested in. So it, it's kind of mm. funny how, you know, again, this is... <laughs> You know, this is not the way things normally go. I mean, there's if you're going to, if there's going to be sexual stuff involved. It's going to be they're they're so heavily into it that, you know, the women are like, oh my god, where have you been all my life, kind of stuff. So to have this go this direction again, I just every time I turn the page, I'm going, now what? I have no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> it's just the most amazing thing. It's just, I tell you something. This is just. <laughs> and then of course there comes the time when he's the, the whole thing with the partner comes to fruition shall we say i don't want to spoil it because i think it's kind of, it's funny bit this he and then he does oh he does all this typical earth type stuff you know he's trying to get away the police are after him and he does all kinds of crazy stuff and 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 he manages to outflank the police but let's just say it doesn't turn out the way he wants it to turn out and we'll leave it at that but uh, i got a huge kick out of that and then of course because that it takes him a while to get over it and by that time let's just say some things have gone all to smash shall we say Uh, so I I got a huge kick out of that so he decides to move on and do some other stuff and the thing I'm fascinated by is this I've got there's 31 pages in the version I saw is this the whole book or is there going to be more pages coming for this uh, so the idea was to that that's going to be the first issue. Um, I do plan on doing uh, more issues and I want to continue the storyline. So I've already written a majority of what will be the second issue. Um, haven't got it illustrated yet. and kind of I'm waiting until I see what the reception is on the first one. Um, but yeah, I obviously like writing uh crazy things and a lot of my games are based on that but i never want the like vulgar uh and crazy adult swim kind of ask cartoon vibe um and so this was the my first kind of foray into that as well as comic books but i thought that it fit the medium well and i could make it funny and i wanted to make a funnier script especially I've, I've had a lot of more serious stuff in my life recently and i wanted something that would poke fun and be humorous and uh could kind of showcase that side of me more of i wanted to just make this outlandish script and you know see what people think basically because it this is so it's outrageous on some levels that's what made me laugh out loud a couple of places there were just because you know <laughs> like i said this doesn't follow the usual alien things when aliens come to earth it's like earth final conflict they set up 
g gorgeous places and and people come to learn from them and all this kind of stuff. That's not what happens in this book. <laughs> Nothing like that happens in this book. Now the thing I'm kind of curious about too is that is Sam based on somebody? Uh, not particularly. I I didn't really base any of the characters off any particular thing. Like I said, it was kind of just more. A, a weird story in my head of I, I was kind of thinking about global warming and I work for a tree farm um, during the day and I started getting into gardening and so I was kind of thinking about that and I thought oh it'd be funny if it, there was like this negative thing and what the world sees it was actually a positive for some other civilization like they actually want the trash and so I kind of went off of that idea, and that's kind of what got me to write it. I was thinking, oh, what if there's this alien civilization that wanted our trash? <laughs> See, that that to me is so out there that I was entertained. I couldn't help but laugh at all, like I said, at this stuff. There were so many good things about this that, you know, because I always think, why do aliens and mutants all have to be male models or female models or stuff like that? Why can't something be completely different than what we're used to? And that's the tack you're taking with this book. And I have to say, it's refreshing to read. Because, <laughs> like I said, I, I just, I did not know what you were going to do from page to page. Because once you've shattered that whole thing, the sci-fi prism that we always look through things, then I don't know what's going to happen next. And that actually makes it a lot more fun to read because, you know, I kept turning the page and going, oh my gosh, not that. Oh no, not that. <laughs> it was great read. I just, I had such fun reading it. I, I do have to ask one thing. And Sam's, he's got like a necklace. Yeah. What's on that necklace? It's um, box, like uh, the, the tabs for soda cans. Oh, pop tops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was. I was looking at it going, what is that? Because I couldn't, you know, I always think, I thought maybe it was like, you know, normal alien stuff or outrageous like fingers or stuff like that thing in there. Pop tops. <laughs> a lot of his, his attire and like what, he, he travels at one point in time and he's taking his luggage and you can clearly see that he's taking the trash. He's keeping all the rest of the stuff. Well, he gets someplace and he starts to set up home and the first thing he does is empty a, a garbage bag all over the floor yeah exactly <laughs> i was like you know <laughs> see all that kind of stuff made me laugh i had no concept as to what you were going to do I, I knew you were not going to go the standard route but the route you did go was so entertaining and so funny because honestly i have to tell you i've had some friends who were extreme environmentalists there was one girl I was given a ride to, and she was she lived in the Washington D.C. area, and I was she was with a, at a place where I was, and somebody said, "Would you give her a ride?" and and I gave her a ride. And on the way, she can she said to me that only uh, people that were approved by rabid environmentalists should be allowed to live in Washington D.C. And I said, oh, really? I said, like who? I said, well, like me. I should be the one to decide that. Oh, I said, okay. And so I always. You know, I, I I try really hard to be environmentally conscious, but after talking with her, I kind of think, I'm not convinced these that everybody is, <laughs> uh, you know, the kind of person that, that she would do. It's, my brother has a saying that nobody builds a social structure, but they don't put themselves on the top. Yeah. That was her thing. Her thing was to be, she should be telling other people what to do because she was a, a very... Um, uh, 
but it, <laughs> she was such a, a rabid environmentalist that uh, she's the only one that really yeah. understood. And so that was part of the thing that came to my mind when I was reading this book. I said, this this girl would freak if she ever saw this book. She would just screech. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Which was, you know, part of the humor to me was because of that. I got a huge kick out of that. I was thinking, I wonder where she is now. I'd love to send this to her and see her. <laughs> kind of funny. So, so I like stuff like that. I love things that are just, like I said, places I haven't been. Because I've been reading comics for a long time. And this was a, a an original book. I'll go there and say that because it was just so amazingly interesting and so unexpected that uh, I, I I think people are going to really enjoy it. Pe- people like me who who love things that are unusual and 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 uh, travels the roads that we haven't gone before. I, I love that kind of stuff, and I think there's a lot of us out there. I'm kind of a little bored with standard stuff, to be honest with you. That's why I enjoyed your book so much. There are so many things that are that everybody goes this predicted route. And to to actually sit there and just just you know laugh and chuckle and and be surprised as I, I turn from page to page, I thought that was really a cool thing. It makes me wonder what in the world you've got in mind for issue two. Uh, uh, there, there's some crazy stuff for sure. Uh, I like like I said, I, I mean, I think it's probably the most fun I've had writing anything. I I really in, enjoyed writing it for a few reasons, but I definitely wanted. And felt like some myself chuckle when I was writing some of the stuff. And my uh, my writing process is probably different than a lot of people. I uh, tend not to know where the story is going page to page. Um, I have some outlines, but normally I am not too structured with them. Like I, if I decide one page that it's better to change directions, I will and. I end up changing everything, and then there, like, uh, Travis was working on the artwork, and he, uh, the scene with the women was actually supposed to be older women mm-hmm. in the nursing home, mm-hmm. and he ended up making it like a club scene mm-hmm. on accident. Um, and we looked at the description, and he's like, "I don't know how how I accidentally did that," <laughs> um, and I was like, "You know what?" I think I can make this funnier. I can make it better. Actually, just leave it for a second. And then I, I wrote a few pages before that to, like, where, you know, the, his potential business partner is actually in the nursing home as an older gentleman who decides to go to the club to, to sell makeup products to these younger women. Um, he's the swindler. And so I was like, that actually makes this character of Jerry the human who uh sam wants to work with a little bit uh funnier well i have to say because you didn't completely go off the uh, uh, unexpected this the fact that there were these women and some of them are well endowed and you know kind of stuff and his reaction is all the funnier because he's not in tune with what they're thinking and it makes it hilarious. I mean, I was sitting there just laughing, and he goes, and he says, and, and they actually yell at him, asshole, at one point, <laughs> which I found really funny. I, had that been older women, I don't think I would have found that quite so funny, to be honest. Yeah, yeah so that, that, that script was definitely a little bit different when it was older women, and I, I think it ended up changing for the better. I was able to get a, 
I originally didn't have Jerry uh, using like one of those mobile scooters, like an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when he had to leave the nursing home, I was like, he definitely needs one of those. And then I think it's just all the funnier, like this little old man just driving on his scooter to to a club so they can s- swindle uh, some younger ladies into buying face cream. Uh, made him a a more funny character and i liked that a lot more so oh, I, I i was so entertained by that you know i i don't think it would have been nearly as funny like i said to have older women there doing that and their reaction i'm sure you wouldn't have played that that way if they had yeah, been older women yeah the the scripting was a little different um originally but then i i once i had the artwork i was like this could be funny i'm gonna just change it all <laughs> so so i changed like four pages to make it work it was funny. I, I laughed at parts of it. I got a huge kick out of it. You know, there he is. He's, he's trying to find somebody to swindle. And, of course, they're like, oh, oh, you know, hey, honey, how about I show you a good time? And he's sitting there thinking, why didn't Jerry notice me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, these girls are going like, what? Why didn't he pay attention to us? You know, kind of stuff. That's what made it very entertaining to me. I, I love when something doesn't go, like I said, the, the, the predictable route, and this didn't go the route that I expected, so I thought that was so much fun. Such a, I, I really laughed out loud while all that stuff, because that was really good stuff. Now, are you thinking about uh, SourcePoint Press printing this, or are you going to self-publish, or how are you going to make this available? Yeah, so th- this one I'm self-publishing. I don't know if any publishers will be interested after I self-publish on Kickstarter. Um, I definitely would be interested in that, but um, I, d- I didn't kind of mention it to anyone at SourcePoint or anything. I, I'm still kind of talking to them about if I do one of my other projects, then I would be interested in them taking a look at it. Well, some printers will do that, though, because like Stabity Bunny, the book that I worked on, Richard Rivera, the, the writer, he self-published the first six issues. And then it got picked up by Scout Comics. And they reprinted them each month, the first six issues. And now he's moving; they're moving on beyond that. And I think Dan Doherty has a book, Touching Evil, which I really love. It's, a, it's Talk about a nightmare. Uh, this the, this uh, physical force gets into a... a a man, and he's when he touches somebody, if they're not purely good, they they die, and they go into his consciousness. What happens is a woman ends up inheriting that whole thing, and I just love that book because again, that's it was scary as can be, but it's nothing like I've read. I haven't read that. Before. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent script. I... And, and interestingly, that got picked up by SourcePoint Press. Oh, really? That's yeah. Funny. I'll have to look at that because I. I like a lot of their stuff, and I I know Nolan from the board game stuff, um, but I started buying their other uh, kind of comics and graphic novels, and I read Franklin and Ghost, and they have a a comic called Floppy Cop that Mm -hmm. was really funny, and so I... That's the same guy. That's Dan Doherty. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that one. I, I like I like those kind of out there scripts. Like like you said, I, I read a lot of comics now, and a lot of the indie comics I go to are ones that have very, very different idea of how they present their stories. Um, so one I enjoy a lot that uh, is either currently on Kickstarter or just got off Kickstarter is Milky. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I thought the idea of this milkman having to try to save the world from an alien invasion seemed like a, a funny script and I read the first few issues and it's very well written and 
I, I definitely enjoyed that one. And I, I like those kind of scripts where, where the author thinks, okay, what, what are classic tropes and kind of goes against all of them. Yeah, because, you know, I, I, like I said, I've read for decades comics. And oftentimes I can pick up a comic and I can tell you on the first page what's going to happen in that book. But like I said, your book, I couldn't do that. I could not do that ever. So, I, like I said, I like that kind of stuff. I like it when I'm surprised. And <laughs> there's not a lot of books that surprise me from the, what they call the mainstream uh, comic companies. I do like my superheroes, don't get me wrong. I, I, Batman's my guy, and I, I buy a lot of his good stuff. But I want something variety. I want something different. I want something enjoyable. And I think your book really fits that really well i'm gonna have to keep my eye on on this one i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to make sure i get on the mailing list and stuff like that for this book because i want (laughs) to i want to know what you're going to do after this (laughs) i appreciate that so uh, you talked about the board games and stuff are you guys you're obviously still working on board games and good things right yeah so i'm still publishing board games i'm uh doing more conventions and stuff i'm kind of promoting both so the plan is to do both um together so i want to do more comic conventions where i have comics and board games and i know that there there is a a crossover between the the two industries which is partially why i wanted to work on both um and then i'm also doing some like board game merchandise stuff so doing like socks and different things with board game designs and i might do that with comic books as well depending on how well that goes with the board game space because i have a friend of mine like on the fourth saturday of the month he gets people together to play board games and he's uh he's done comics and stuff like that in the past too and we like to play uh, werewolf by night i don't know if you ever played that yeah i love that game although i always one time i was playing there was only four of us playing it and they decided that i i wasn't the werewolf but in order to make sure they had to kill me and I said, wait a second. I said, that's oh, not right. No. That's, I know we call that the, the Wayne Hall rule, that uh, you, can't, you, know, you can't just kill somebody just to make sure. You've know, you, <laughs> you got to have a better reason than that to do it. So, but we like to play those kinds of things. And there's, you know, there's uh, an app that you play that uh, tells you what to do while you're doing the board game. Yeah. And the game and stuff. So I liked all that good stuff. Have you guys ever thought about moving from board games into, like, apps and digital stuff? Uh not really. I so the original business plan uh, when I I went to the University of Florida and while I was there, um, my original business plan was to make board games and uh, digital games on PC and PlayStation and whatnot. Um, and the I, kind of spearhead of the idea was uh, video game companies tend to have very long product life cycles and um, require a lot of capital investment. And board games don't require as much of that. So um, the kind of goal was to make board game products that would give revenue to the company while it was waiting for its digital games to hit. Um, and then use the board games to kind of merge IPs so some of the digital games would share the IPs with the board games. Um, and I never ended up doing that, but I am planning on using that kind of same strategy with comic books. So. Um, some of the comic books we design are definitely going to turn into board games um, and well, vice versa. Yeah, well, that's what my next question was going to be. What about Sam Scams? Is there a possibility that's going to turn into a board game? 
uh, there is definitely a real possibility that I will make that into a board game. Okay, so I'd like that. That would be a game I'd be interested in playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would not know from one move to the next what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never be, know. That would be wonderful to play because, uh, again, board games and stuff. Some of them are real predictable. I mean, gosh, I. That's one of the reasons I don't play so many board games. At least haven't for a long time, because I found them really, you know. It's like romantic comedies. They will or they won't. So you got a 50-50 shot. And some board games and stuff, I would just sit there and go, well, you know, it's not making a lot of sense yet. And maybe it never will, but okay. But I'm sure your guys' stuff, especially with, with you in charge, they're a lot more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, my games are definitely all out there. Um, but I, I think board games in the last few years have definitely uh, grown a lot and... Uh, in several aspects. So there's a lot better publishers in terms of quality control and insurance and all that kind of stuff. So the quality of components has really increased a lot over the last few years and the quality of the gameplay has increased a lot as well. So a lot of the games now I think go against some of the games that you probably played um, and felt that with the last uh, maybe 10 or 12 years now. The the board game industry has grown like 10 to 15% a year since 2008. It's du- over doubled in size since I started in 2013. Um, wow. So it's a super growing industry, uh, which is cool. It's, it's kind of cool to be in it and see, um, you know, a lot of like mass media calling it like the board game renaissance. And uh, if you could see the shelf behind me i have like a hundred games um wow. and i uh, unfortunately have not played all of them um but but there's a lot of them that kind of go against the norm and some of them that are are kind of better implementations of some classic games that people are familiar with that uh, like clue and those kind of things so mm-hmm. if people yeah. want to get your games i mean how do they do it do they go to the same website yeah, so they can find the, uh, the information about the games on my website, the names and whatnot. Um, they're available for sale at a lot of smaller comic book and board game retailers are able to purchase them um, through the main distributors. Um, we also have them, uh, they're normally for sale on Amazon and those kind of websites as well. I um, don't sell them personally. Um, I sell entirely through distribution currently so well, that, that's a smart thing to do you, you'd be spending all day long mailing out board games <laughs> yeah exactly not a good thing to do so it's a theris do you want to spell that for people so in case yeah they, make sure it's they get right a t h e r i s entertainment okay so that'd be a good place to go so um so that's also a place where we can keep up with sam's scams and good things like that right yeah absolutely yeah so we're going to do that so and we, we've already talked about how you can follow people on social media and can keep up with your good stuff and sign up for the newsletter that's coming and stuff, too. So are there other projects that you're working on that you might be able to talk about at this point? Uh, currently, I'm really heavily involved with and invested in Sam Scams. I uh, am working with some artists that want to kickstart some comics and anthologies and whatnot and i i might end up helping them with those um but i'm not the writer on that i uh might end up writing some other things but i i kind of wanted to release sam scams and kind of see how that goes before doing too much other stuff right now 
Okay. Well, I think that Kickstarter, your success with Kickstarter is going to help, you know, moving things forward with that. People are probably, you know, following you on Kickstarter and good things like that. Yeah. So that'll help. That'll, that'll bring in a lot of people yeah. like that. So. Yeah, I've been fortunate for sure. Um, we had 812 backers of our last game. Um, so I have like two or 300 people that follow every time I launch a project. So I'm hoping that at least some of them will end up backing the comic. So i got to tell you one thing that I think you do extremely well, and that's grammar. I read some indie comics, and punctuation is all over the place. You know, I always tell the old bad joke about, you know, there's there's a difference between let's eat, comma, grandpa, and let's eat, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Which not everybody gets, because I'll be sitting there reading, and I go, mm, I, I, it's like a roadblock. I hit this thing, and I go, what are they trying to say? Oh, they, they, did they want a comma there? What do they want? Like, don't dare tell people that too much because too many people want me to edit their stuff. Yeah. I get buried under with people who want me to edit things. But your stuff is really well done, I have to say. Only once or twice did I see a comma that I thought should be in there. But other than that, it was right together. Everything was really great. So well, I love that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Like I said, Indie Comics... I, I want to do courses on punctuation for indie comics creators, how to how to get it right, and, and, and don't stop people from reading your book. Yeah, I I think a lot of it's uh, about proofreading at several stages. So I I've obviously done a lot of digital proofreading, um, but I'm I had like I said I'm working with at least one editor, um, potentially two, to make sure that everything in the final version is good. Um, and then I always print a proof copy before doing any mass manufacturing because I like to ensure if there was supposed to be a comma somewhere, <laughs> I will catch it when it's in print uh, before it goes to like a thousand of them made or <laughs> something crazy. Well, congratulations because I, I, I can't tell you how many books I read and I just I want to go to them and say, will you please get your grammar right? It's not so much that I'm a grammar Nazi, and I probably <laughs> yeah. am, but it's the fact that I can't read it. You know, I can't read it when the, the, that kind of stuff is is hard to get through. I, I I want it to be a smooth process where I, I'm in the story instead of wondering why didn't they get their punctuation right. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. So I'm I'm really it's so nice to read that. <laughs> I have to say. So I, I I'm really encouraged. I think Andrew, you got some great stuff coming. Uh, is there an update on Tokyo Rose? How that book is coming along, by the way. Yeah, Andre and Kate are working on it. Um, everything they've told me is that it's it's going well. I think Kate still has a few pages left, um, and then it will go to print. Really looking forward to it. I think yeah, really me too. Enjoy that book. It's going to be really tremendous stuff. Well, Andrew, all I can do is wish you more success because I think you're doing very well, and things are really going. I think are going to just continue to to grow and do well for you. As go you go along, and I keep, when I find out the Kickstarter's out there, I'll be right out there supporting this book because I think it, it's just the kind of thing I look for. I, I very much appreciate that. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, as a man. I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics.
And that's a wrap for this episode. And in coming weeks, I'll have some great interviews, so be sure to be here. But until then, keep reading your comics.